Hi everyone, this is Twyla Ellis with Trophy of Grace. I hope everyone is doing fine under the circumstances. We are in a era that definitely is going to make history and I know a lot of people are talking about it and it's just so much that can be said and so much that will be said and so much that can't be said and won't be said it's it's a revolutionary move of first and foremost god because this has not caught him off guard or by it's not a mistake um and i would just like to first get thank god for the opportunity to even have breath and have a sane sound sound mind at this time based on the life that I once lived in my past, I give all glory to God because if it wasn't for him, truly, I would not be here today. And I mean that literally. And I just thank him and I want to just acknowledge him like he said in all my ways and lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him. And this is not about a religious program. This is program and this podcast is about experiences and experiencing the life and the love of a true and living God that simply wants a relationship. And with that being said, I want to just start off by just acknowledging who I am, Twyla Ellis, family of four adult children, several grandchildren, I can't even keep count, living in the Texas area. And just want to put information out there for people who have been, my podcast focuses on people who've been traumatized, sexual abuse, incest. And I just want to put it out there that you're not alone. I want to let you know that there's resources and there's people who care and there's, there's people who won't judge you and people that understand what you've been through. And I'm one of those people. And I just want to thank God for the opportunity to be here and to have an impact on someone's life, even if it's just one person. Of course, this podcast is not for everyone. No one podcast is for everyone. But as a body and as a the human race coming together in agreement. A blessing must happen when you're in agreement. And coming together to allow God to use us to advance the kingdom of God and disrupt the kingdom of darkness that is here illegally deceiving and lying people, lying to people. So without further ado, without starting a sermon, although it's not about sermons, it's about just living out the purpose and plan that God has for you because he created you. It's not about church and sermons. It's just about the reality of of a God that created his creation to love like and be be their children. Be be he's our father and we're his children. So I want to thank you. I'm going to have people on here in the future. And I just want to ex- let you know that I am a licensed well at at the time I'm working on my license at Abilene Christian University for psychology but currently I'm a 
positive psychology certified life coach. My model is grow. And my, uh, my desire is to help people transform the way they think, which will transform the way they speak and talk and see life and which will transform the way they live in that order. I have a website that's called twilaellis.net. I have a book. I'm also an author of an autobiography that has a lot of details of a lot of the trauma that I went through and how I overcame it, how God delivered me from things that statistically shows that the people that been through what I've been through are either on highly sedated or in an insane asylum. So I want to give glory to God, and that's why the book is called Trophy of Grace. On Amazon at this time, Future, I believe it's going to be on Barnes & Noble, and I do deliver, I do ship as well. But I want to thank you. I'm going to close with that, and I just pray that everyone has a blessed day in the midst of this 2020, June, first week of June, and the pandemic, race wars, and everything that's going on that's causing a huge, huge gap and division in humanity. But my hope is in the fact that God's word is true, and he said it, that if I say it, it's going to happen. And he has said a lot of things are going to happen before the end of times. So the word of God is just fulfilling itself. But for those that have their hope in Jesus Christ and the Lord, we know that there's hope. That's that's our that's our belief. Is that there's hope in Jesus Christ. And that's the only thing at this time that can keep you sane is having hope that there's something better. And it is. It really is. Because all things are working together for the good of those that love the Lord and that are called according to his purpose. And thank you. And I'm going to close right now. And we'll talk more later. Be safe. Choose. Decide. Choose to be happy. Choose to think positive. Choose to allow your brain to regenerate itself in a positive way. Think on those things that are pure and good. Choose that. Choose life over death. Thank you and have a great one. Hi, this is Twyla Ellis, Trophy of Grace. I'm going to make this real quick. I'm going to try anyway. But I was doing some homework and... I was reading about the love language and the energy of love. And one thing just really jumped off the page to me. And I want to read some of it and then share what came to my mind, the thought that came to my mind after I read my homework and the assignment and the instructions for the assignment. And as I was reading, it was talking about the vagus nerve. And I found it very interesting First of all, the vagus nerve, let me say this first to give you a visual, is that it emerges deep within your brain stem and it connects to your brain and then to your heart. Literally, it is between your brain and your heart. And it's called the vagus nerve. 
And it also connects your brain to other internal organs as well. Research has shown that it's very interesting how that it works psychological and physical. It affects your psychological health and your physical health. And so it seems like maybe it's the intersection between the two. And one of the things that the vagus nerve does is it helps calm your racing heart after you've been frightened. So if you get really startled or scared and then you need something to calm you down, that's your vagus nerve at work calming you down afterwards. But when your vagus nerve is functioning especially well, it also slows your heart just a little bit. When you do it, when you do that exercise, some people do meditation, I do myself, and it's breathing in and exhaling, breathing in and exhaling. Well, your, op- your vagus nerve is operating at that time as well, because when you breathe out, it slows the heart rate. And it's called, at that time, it's also sending out a cardiac vagal tone cardiac vagal tone and it's interesting that I've read the scientists that measure that tone and that tone is related not only to the cardiovascular health it's related it's also they say it measures uh, for someone when they're having a heart attack they listen to that tone and if anybody has went to the hospital for anything containing their heart, they notice that they hook that machine up and they look they look at it and they listen. And their look specialists are listening for a tone. Well, you might say, well, what does that have to do with my podcast and what I generally talk about uh, when I'm speaking about the, the power of God and how he delivered me from and so many things in my past and how he's continually delivering me and healing my soul from a lot of trauma is the fact that when I read that, this is what I heard, how important it is to understand why God said, that helped me understand why God said love one another and love your enemies because there's a tone And there's a signal and there's energy given through love. And the word of God says that, that that there's power in love. God is love. You hear people say that. But it's a scientific fact as well that there is a force and a power in love. And that the word of God says it covers a multitude of sins. And that love cast out evil, cast out. And it does. It really does. I am not here to tell you that I've mastered that. But I tell you from this day forward, I'm going to ask God to help me master it. And he say, you have not because you ask not. So I'm going to ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit to help me master walking in love. Because it's a force. It is a force powerful force and energy and synergy that will literally push out evil. It'll push out negativity. Now I see why God said love your enemy. 
Because the power of love can push out whatever's tormenting or whatever's causing that person to be evil as the enemy. Although the word of God talks about we walk in the flesh, although we walk in the flesh, our war is not with the flesh, it's against principalities and spirit, spirits and weakness in high places. That correlates with walking in love as well because it's a spiritual force that operates to heal and mend my God God help us all to just do what you say regardless of our understanding but it's a scientific fact I mean for me that says a lot because I'm a brain I'm a why this and why that and why this and I want to understand this and I know God does not talk to people about stuff they're not interested in but I am very interested in why and I know I don't I'm not trying to question God but it's like it's like a child like why father why and why and I do that and God is so gracious that he tells me why and due to the fact that I never knew love as a child true love I never experienced it as a as a child growing up I want to get this down because number one it's the commandment as a believer of Christ and a disciple. He said, it's commanded of us to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love our neighbors, we love ourselves. Well, I never loved myself, so I couldn't have did that second one. I wouldn't have wanted to love somebody the way I was loving myself. That's why God said, love me first, and I'll show you how to love yourself. And then out of the overflow, you'll love others. But it's it's so much more to love. Studying this homework that assignment that I'm doing today just showed me that there's a physical, scientific fact that love is an energy and a force. It's a powerful force. It's not just a word or feeling. Love is a verb. It is a is a feeling. Is feeling is the last part of it. But love is a verb. It's an action word. It's shown and it's felt. And it's very, very powerful. And I guess I should have known that and I put the two together when, when I read God is love. Because he's a power force. God is love. It's power in love. We have been so deceived, myself, about life and living in this earth and being in my feelings about having to defend myself in a sometime abrasive, unloving way, when all I have to do is show love and I get the results that I want and more. Sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting too emotional. So I'm going to close on that. Thank you for listening. Hello. Hey, you back? Yeah, I'm back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's okay. Welcome to Twyla Atlas Trophy of Grace podcast. I want to welcome Siobhan. I want to keep this is a this is a good friend, 
dear friend. We used to work together, and he's one of the most highly intelligent. And you know, some people say common sense is not so common, but this guy right here, he is the epitome of common sense and intelligence and compassion for a young brother, young man that I've seen in a while. And it's sad that I that I say that, like I haven't seen uh, brothers in that capacity, but I just want to acknowledge him and just and has a wonderful family that he's faithful to and so mature with. And I just want to thank you, Siobhan, for taking time out of your day. I know you're busy uh, with everything that's going on. I know you have a busy schedule, but just if you could just kind of talk to us about it from a male, a black man's perspective, I really want to talk to you because it's because I'm just sad actually about the race wars that's going on in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of uh, everything, just the, the the life that we once knew is 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 dead. It's like the whole world is grieving the life that we once knew. And then a lot of people are grieving physically the death of loved ones. So it's just the air atmosphere is just filled with trauma. And I I just was so excited to just hear your perspective on that. Uh, well, so uh, probably, you know, we always talk about when we work together. And for me, right. I, always, I always fall back when I think at this time, I always think about the Smokey Robinson song. Not Smokey, Sam Cook, I'm sorry. Change uh-huh. will come. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah. They, they, yeah. there was things that most folks in previous generations said they, they thought they would never see. They thought they would never see an mm. African-American president. We got one of those. Mm-hmm. So Think the world is starting to change. I think for, for from my perspective, is always you know what, keep your foot planted on the ground and keep your keep your eyes looking up, and everything uh-huh. else everything else will sort itself out. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. If you didn't have anxiety, you have it now because you, you just don't know what to touch, you don't know right. what you can eat, where to go, and then to put the police aspect of it, you know, that's has mm-hmm. always consistently been the same for decades. That has right. never changed. The only thing that has changed now is that everybody can see it on their phones everywhere. Before it was, if you wasn't sitting in front of the TV to catch the Channel 4, Channel 11, Channel 8 news, you missed it. You had to hear about it. Now that you're, these things are happening so quick, you're getting posted on social media and other platforms folks can comment on. And to me, like before, because all of this stuff, the world has been shrinking consistently probably since early 2000s. Folks got cell phones now. You're getting information differently. Folks are downloading information differently. Folks are more informed of what's going around, going on around them. Now you run across some folks that are not informed because they choose not to be. Right. Those are the folks you can't influence. Those are the folks you cannot dwell on. You fix it on the folks that's in the race that you're in for change, and that's all. That's all you can do. I mean, some folks want things to stay status quo status doesn't change it has to change if we don't change you you were destined to repeat continue to keep repeating things and i always look at it while we're fighting amongst ourselves hmm. america's enemies are sitting sitting back and taking notes we know exactly what card to play we know exactly what card to pull we pull police police brutality they're going to tear the city up. We mm-hmm. can come in and take over. 
you can't police somebody else's house until you fix your own. Right. Right. And to me now, this is this this is where you can actually say us Americans are actually attempting to fix our own household. We can't police the world unless we right. We can't tell somebody else not to commit genocide if we're doing it on on our end mm. at a smaller scale consistently and then making excuses for it. That is so true. You hit the nail on the head with that one, you know. And like you said, we used to talk a lot at work and we would always go back. The way I reason I enjoyed the conversations, the number one reason was that you and I would, we both had the mindset that the, the word of God is the final authority. Yep. And we 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 would see things, you know, from a different perspective. But I like how you always respected my point of view as an older mother figure. And I respected your point of view just because you're younger than I am and uh, my son's age. Is, that That's nothing. You you are you have a lot to bring to the table from a perspective. And that's why that's another reason, like I said earlier, I wanted you on this podcast to just give some refreshing insight from that perspective because you are wise beyond your age. I always told you that. Yes, ma'am. And, and I just thank you for that. How, how do you feel? And, um, cause I'm not going to hold you long. Like, like I told you, but how is this affecting, you know, you just said how the, the foundation that you're standing on, but you know, just from a, practical realistic standpoint of getting up and driving to work and the in, the intensity that I'm sure you've always felt as a black man yeah. when it comes to the police stuff I mean how do you deal with that what what advice would you give a young black man in that retrospect retrospect I mean I always think because I was a kid they used to get in trouble a ton so me, run, me running into law enforcement at a young age, been there, done that. I got family in po- that's police as well. And, uh, and my dad didn't play. But for us, for folks that, you know, you're trying to do right, stay on the straight and narrow, you can't feed into everything. You just got to know where to be and when not to be there. That's mm-hmm. all, that, for me, that's always been something that I've been gifted with. We all can sense when the, the, the climate doesn't change or the, the temperature in the room doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Those when when you get that inkling, okay, well, no, nah, this vibe didn't change. Those two people walked in here. The vibe, yes. went, the vibe went from happy-go-lucky to standoffish, and that everybody was lurking and watching each other. That's what you right. need. It doesn't. That's make, right. It, it it doesn't make you weak or soft or anything like any anything negative for you to you know what this this is not the this doesn't change. It's time for me to leave. Leave. Yeah. That's your perspective. You got, you got, you got the nonsense. The other folks are peddling. You don't have to participate in. You don't have to. Choice. Just clear out. And and it's now with all the COVID nineteen and all that. I mean, I would love to go play pool, sit in the pool hall, or go bowling and and hang out with my buddies. But it's just not safe. Right. And COVID nineteen police, no matter whatever perspective that's going on. I always been able to, you know what, you, whatever whatever God put in you to let you know when it's time to leave, you need to tap back into that. Right. Because it is that. there. Right. Everyone, I, I totally agree. I believe that everyone 
can sense unless they're completely desensitized to it and and pushing away the voice that says don't go there don't touch that be quiet those voices yeah because we all hear voices that's that's a that's a given we all hear those voices and your thoughts are not your own they're either from god or the devil so you hear those voices and oh, yeah. people will tell you that even criminals criminal minded people when they show them on the autobiographies they'll say yeah i heard that voice they they heard they've opened themselves to demonic forces, but they even say, "Yeah, I did hear a voice saying, don't go there today.'" Yeah. So, and that's the the love of God. So, yeah, yeah. I, I that's good right there. That's good. Yeah. I'm a- well, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? I want to say, uh, God bless you and your family, your children. Same to I you. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming, Siobhan. Like I said, I wasn't going to hold you that long. And um, is there anything else you would like to say in closing? Oh, well, yeah. I want to tell you thank you for inviting me to come on your podcast. It was, it was an honor. And you know what? We uh, we definitely missed you in this fashion. I know for sure I missed you. And <laughs> uh, you. I don't think I got a chance to tell you. Uh, there's a third edition to my family. My son is ah! still here. Wow. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I, I'm gonna send you a picture. Yeah, please do, please. Yeah, and looks... tell your wife we're gonna meet one day. Her, you, me, and my husband, we're gonna meet. Oh, well, yeah, most definitely. When all right. this is over with, okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Yvonne. You have a blessed day, a great day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hi, this is Twyla Ellis, Trophy of Grace. I'm going to make this real quick. I'm going to try anyway. But I was doing some homework, and I was reading about the love language and the energy of love. And one thing just really jumped off the page to me, and I want to read some of it and then share what came to my mind, the thought that came to my mind after I read my homework and the assignment and the instructions for the assignment. And as I was reading, it was talking about the vagus nerve and I found it very interesting. First of all, the vagus nerve, let me say this first to give you a visual, is that it emerges deep within your brain stem and it connects to your brain and then to your heart. Literally, it is between your brain and your heart. And it's called the vagus nerve. And it also connects your brain to other internal organs as well. Research has shown that it's very interesting how that it works psychological and physical. It affects your psychological health and your physical health. And so it seems like maybe it's the intersection between the two. And one of the things that the vagus nerve does is it helps calm your racing heart after you've been frightened. So if you get really startled or scared and then you need something to calm you down, that's your vagus nerve at work, calming you down afterwards. But when your vagus nerve is functioning especially well, it also slows your heart just a little bit. When you do when you do that exercise, Some people do meditation. I do myself. And it's breathing in and exhaling. Breathing in and exhaling. Well, your your vagus nerve is operating at that time as well. 
because when you breathe out, it slows the heart rate. And it's called, at that time, it's also sending out a cardiac vagal tone. Cardiac vagal tone. And it's interesting that I've read the scientists that measure that tone. And that tone is related not only to the cardiovascular health, it's related, it's also, they say it measures uh, for someone's, when they're having a heart attack, they listen to that tone. And if anybody has went to the hospital for anything containing their heart, they'll notice that they hook that machine up and they look, they look at it and they listen. And their look specialists are listening for a tone. Well, you might say, well, what does that have to do with my podcast and what I generally talk about uh, when I'm speaking about the the power of God and how he delivered me from and so many things in my past and how he's continually delivering me and healing my soul from a lot of trauma is the fact that when I read that this is what I heard how important it is to understand why God said that helped me understand why God said love one another and love your enemies because there's a tone and there's a signal and there's energy given through love and the word of God says that that power that there's power in love God is love you hear people say that but it's a scientific fact as well that there is a force and a power in love and that it, the word of God says it covers a multitude of sins and that love cast out evil cast out and it does it really does I am not here to tell you that I've mastered that but I tell you from this day forward I'm going to ask God to help me master it and he say, you have not because you ask not. So I'm going to ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit to help me master walking in love because it's a force. It is a powerful force and energy and synergy that will literally push out evil. It'll push out negativity. Now I see why God said love your enemy because the power of love can push out whatever's tormenting or whatever's causing that person to be evil as the enemy. Although the word of God talks about we walk in the flesh, although we walk in the flesh, our war is not with the flesh, it's against principalities and spirits and weakness in high places. That correlates with walking in love as well. Because it's a spiritual force that operates to heal and mend. My God, God help us all to just do what you say, regardless of our understanding. But it's a scientific fact. I mean, for me, that says a lot because I'm a brain, I'm a why this and why that and why this and I want to understand this. And I know God does not talk to people about stuff they're not interested in. But I am very interested in why. And I know I don't 
I'm not trying to question God, but it's like, it's like a child. Like, why, Father? Why? And why? And I do that, and God is so gracious that he tells me why. And due to the fact that I never knew love as a child, true love, I never experienced it as a, as a child growing up, I want to get this down because, number one, it's the commandment as a believer of Christ and a disciple. He said, it's commanded of us to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love our neighbors we love ourselves. Well, I never loved myself, so I couldn't have did that second one. I wouldn't have wanted to love somebody the way I was loving myself. That's why God said, love me first, and I'll show you how to love yourself, and then out of the overflow, you'll love others. But it's it's so much more to love. Studying this homework that assignment that I'm doing today just showed me that there's a physical, scientific fact that love is an energy and a force. It's a powerful force. It's not just a word or feeling. Love is a verb. It is a it is a feeling. Is feeling is the last part of it. But love is a verb. It's an action word. It's shown and it's felt, and it's very very powerful. And I guess I should have known that and I put the two together when when I read God is love because He's a powerful force. God is love. It's power and love. We have been so deceived, myself, about life and living in this earth and being in my feelings about having to defend myself in a sometimes abrasive, unloving way. When all I have to do is show love and I get the results that I want and more. Sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting too emotional. So I'm going to close on that. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Twyla Ellis, Trophy of Grace. I'm going to make this real quick. I'm going to try anyway. But I was doing some homework and I was reading about the love language and the energy of love. And one thing just really jumped off the page to me, and I want to read some of it and then share what came to my mind, the thought that came to my mind after I read my homework and the assignment and the instructions for the assignment. And as I was reading, it was talking about the vagus nerve, and I found it very interesting. First of all, the vagus nerve, let me say this first to give you a visual is that it emerges deep within your brain stem and it connects to your brain and then to your heart. Literally, it is between your brain and your heart. And it's called the vagus nerve. And it also connects your brain to other internal organs as well. Research has shown that it's very interesting how that it works psychological and physical. It affects your psychological health and your physical health. And it, so it seems like maybe it's the intersection between the two. And one of the things that the vagus nerve does is it helps calm your racing heart after you've been frightened. So if you get really startled or scared and then you need something to calm you down, that's your vagus nerve at work. 
calming you down afterwards. But when your vagus nerve is functioning especially well, it also slows your heart just a little bit. When you do it, when you do that exercise, some people do meditation. I do myself, and it's breathing in and exhaling, breathing in and exhaling. Well, your op- your vagus nerve is operating at that time as well, because when you breathe out, it slows the heart rate, and it's called at that time. It's also sending out a cardiac vagal tone, cardiac vagal tone. And it's interesting that I've read the scientists that measure that tone. And that tone is related not only to the cardiovascular health, it's related, it's also, they say it measures uh, for someone's when they're having a heart attack, they listen to that tone. And if anybody has went to the hospital for anything containing their heart, they'll notice that they hook that machine up and they look, they look at it and they listen and their look specialists are listening for a tone. Well, you might say, well, what does that have to do with my podcast and what I generally talk about, uh, when I'm speaking about the, the, power of God and how he delivered me from and so many things in my past and how he's continually delivering me and healing my soul from a lot of trauma is the fact that when I read that this is what I heard how important it is to understand why God said that helped me understand why God said love one another and love your enemies because there's a tone and there's a signal and there's energy given through love. And the word of God says that that power, that there's power in love. God is love. You hear people say that. But it's a scientific fact as well that there is a force and a power in love and that it the word of God says it covers a multitude of sins and that love cast out evil, cast out. And it does. It really does. I am not here to tell you that I've mastered that, but I tell you from this day forward, I'm going to ask God to help me master it. And he say, you have not because you ask not. So I'm going to ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit to help me master walking in love because it's a force. It is a powerful force and energy and synergy that will literally push out evil. It'll push out negativity. Now I see why God said, love your enemy, because the power of love can push out whatever's tormenting or whatever's causing that person to be evil as the enemy. Although the word of God talks about we walk in the flesh, although we walk in the flesh, our war is not with the flesh, it's against principalities and spirits and wickedness in high places. That correlates with walking in love as well because it's a spiritual force that operates to heal and mend My God, God help us all to just do what you say. 
regardless of our understanding. But it's a scientific fact. I mean, for me, that says a lot because I'm a brain, I'm a why this and why that and why this and I want to understand this. And I know God does not talk to people about stuff they're not interested in. But I am very interested in why. And I know I don't, I'm not trying to question God, but it's like, it's like a child. Like, why, Father? Why? And why? And I do that, and God is so gracious that he tells me why. And due to the fact that I never knew love as a child, true love, I never experienced it as a, as a child growing up, I want to get this down because, number one, it's the commandment as a believer of Christ and a disciple. He said, it's commanded of us to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love our neighbors. we love ourselves. Well, I never loved myself, so I couldn't have did that second one. I wouldn't have wanted to love somebody the way I was loving myself. That's why God said, love me first, and I'll show you how to love yourself, and then out of the overflow, you'll love others. But it's what it's so much more to love. Studying this homework that assignment that I'm doing today just showed me that there's a physical scientific fact that love is an energy and a force. It's a powerful force. It's not just a word or a feeling. Love is a verb. It is a it is a feeling. Is feeling is the last part of it. But love is a verb, it's an action word, it's shown, and it's felt, and it's very, very powerful. And I guess I should have known that and I put the two together when, when I read God is love, because he's a powerful force. God is love. It's power in love. We have been so deceived, myself, about life and living in this earth and being in my feelings about having to defend myself in a sometime abrasive, unloving way, when all I have to do is show love and I get the results that I want and more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting too emotional. So I'm going to close on that. Thank you for listening. talking about fire gonna come out the ground and all that stuff and God was gonna come destroy the world and all that. That's what his mentality was when he said that the end of the world is coming. I said, well, you know, the, the world and the earth is not the same. And he looked at me kind of surprised like, what? I said, yeah, I said, the world and the earth is not the same. I said, you're right, the end of the world is coming. And I said, the end of the world system of operation is changing. 
is coming to an end. The way this world system has been governing people and racism and white supremacy and control of a, and oppression of a, a group, a certain group, is coming to an end. That's changing. And I said, you know, he was like, oh man, you know, he said, it's good to get an understanding, you know, and I was like, yeah, I said, you know, I said, this is not about <laughs> uh, the color of the skin. I said, this is about two kingdoms influencing the earth through a certain type of operation, operational system, which is what you say when you say your prayers. When you say, our Father who are in heaven, I said, God is a spirit. And I told him, I said, the devil is a spirit. I said, you remember when uh, God told Adam, he said, don't eat from the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I said, it's the knowledge of the, the kingdoms or the world systems or operation is what we learning. I said, the knowledge of sin is a system of op world operation in that kingdom of darkness. I said, that's the structure of that world system that the devil used to bring the nature of that kingdom manifested through people who learn that knowledge. And that's the way of the system of that world. I said, and God told Adam, he said, do not touch or eat from the tree of knowledge and of good and evil. So it's like when you allow the influence of the world knowledge of sin to enter in you, then that nature, that sinful, disobedient, hateful, killing nature going to show up in the earth realm. That's the world system of sin and death. The brain, that's what sin does. It brings death, separation, division, hatred, everything that opposes God. And God left two commandments. He said it's many of them, but it's two that dominates and control all everything he ever said. It's, it's words that God hold highly supreme over uh, everything he said. When he said, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those words that came out of God's mouth is the highest and the most powerful of everything God have ever said. So when you violate those two, You're, you're being influenced by the fallen angel whose name used to be Lucifer is now Satan. You know, he had many other names or, or the devil. Well, devil, you see the, the word evil in it. So the knowledge of the devil, which is evil, Knowledge of the system, the world system of operation, which is 
racism. Racism is a spirit of division that to have one group to hate another group which is violating the first and the second commandment which is the ultimate thing the devil want to do. Amen. And so when you obey the first and second commandment, that's the knowledge that's good. That's the good knowledge of the system of the kingdom of God. That's when you say, Our Father who are in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, holy is your name, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what you're saying, you're telling him you let his nature come from where he is in a holy place, influence the earth and be show and show up, which is you're gonna love him with all your being. And when you do that, you're going to love your neighbor. You're going to love the next man next to you. By default. Automatic. That's going to be the, that's going to be a love. And that environment is going to create unity. So now, what you're seeing is God and the devil going at it. It ain't got nothing to do with people. Ain't nobody going to stop the will of God from being done. I don't care what position you hold in this earth. If you oppose the power of God, you will be moved out of the way by God. And I don't care who you think you are, if you believe or don't believe, God's will don't be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And the, the, the word of God clearly states, he said, the whole world is grown. And, and waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God, for the sons of God. So that's saying that God is going to be influencing a people who understand and loving him with all they being is going to allow him to show his love to other people and manifest his nature in the earth and his the holy nature of the Holy Spirit of God and that's that's his job to influence and impact that's what you say in your prayer the more you say that prayer is the more powerful the will of God is going to be manifested in the earth and it's it's God versus the devil it ain't people versus people we, we didn't even ask to come here we didn't even create ourselves we don't have nothing to do with what's going on we're just people who have the ability to choose what God has already established. Either you you choose one or you choose the other, but you ain't creating one or the other. You didn't, you're not the creator of one or the other. You, you, didn't, you didn't have nothing to do with not one jot, not one letter, one alphabet. Or I mean, we don't have... <laughs> that much power of authority. We just have the ability to choose, not create, or stop. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah. Amen.
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of Twilight Ellis Podcast, Trophy of Grace. Thank you so much, and I will have you back soon. This has really blessed me. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Twyla, Trophy of Grace. I have two guests. This is the second edition and the third episode of my grandchildren. And we're just going to talk about how this, we're going to start off talking about how this COVID-19, which is a serious issue, but I think sometimes we neglect to understand the impact that it has on the children and how their life has been affected tremendously in a negative way. They will overcome, they will regroup because unlike older people and elderly people, children have the ability to adapt better and have that resilience uh, kick in where they adapt and adjust. However, in the present moment, I just want to let you hear, first of all, uh, Precious. Now, say your name. Introduce yourself. Okay, so my name is Precious, and I'll be talking to you how the impact of COVID-19 kind of changed my life. So first, it was kind of hard because it's like we kicked, we got kicked out of school, and I have just, I have recently just moved, and I found some really nice people that you, I like I'm to sorry, hang out you with. Moved from where? I moved from Texas to Oklahoma. So I went to a new school, and I got new friends in just like two days, which was an ah. Uh, actually very amazing and as soon as I made friends Christmas break came and there you go we were out of school until next year I'm in fifth grade but next I'll be going to sixth grade so technically I'm in sixth grade already and it was kind of hard for me to understand that I couldn't see my friends for months and I honestly cried when I first found out that I wouldn't be able to see my friends because, you know, it's like you can't live without them because, honestly, that's where your identity is when you're a kid, having friends and filling out, like, new people and just having fun. And I was really happy to move, and then all of a sudden COVID-19 came, and you have to stay in house. In the house, you really can't have spring break like you wanted to spend it, or your summer how you wanted to spend it. You can't go outside. All the parks are closed down. You can't go to the mall. Can't really have fun. You're really just stuck at home in the house, and you notice how boring it is just to be laying around, being lazy, and just eating. So that was a great impact on my life, and I felt like at one point I was miserable, but then I came to my granny's house, and my life is just better now. That sounds so good. I love this. Coming from the mouth of a 10, 11-year-old, that was great. And you know, one thing that you said jumped off to me, that you said my identity, I can't help but to believe that that part of your statement is based on what somebody told you to say because what 11 year old knows about their identity and the psychological effect of an 11 year old in the developmental stages of the brain that that time and of us 
11 or 12, 10, that time frame, that age frame is when your identity and your is based on your friends and outer. So, I'm, so who told you that? So it just so happens that I was over at my grandparents' house and this very smart lady was talking to me and she just so happened to say that in her sentence about how we don't know who we really are yet. So we try and to find friends because that's where our identity is. So therefore I thought I'd just use that, you know. Good job. I just thought I'd use that. Good job. Okay, and we have one more guest and I did, uh can you please uh, tell everyone who you are and your age and where you're from. Um, so I, this, my name is I was on, I was on the last podcast with my cousin Faith, and I'm from Texas, okay. and yeah. So I'm gonna talk about. How are you? I'm sorry. So your age? Seven. Great. So I'm gonna talk about how. I got sad, but also happy at the same time. So it was the school year. It was the school year, and yeah, we were like, it was like a normal classroom, and yeah. But then when the Kobe, when the Kobe nineteen came around, like I had friends and stuff, like and yeah. But when the COVID nineteen came around. When I first found out that I wouldn't be able to see my friends until next year, I cried. And I was just heartbroken. So, and I didn't know what to do because I didn't know what to do because I'm like, I'm telling my parents that what if I don't get to see them until next, what if I don't get to see them? What if they're moving on to a different school and I know we have to move on with new friends, new school years but then I'm going to have to make friends all over again and that's a tough thing to do because I don't get, because I didn't get along with my other friends until like like until we got to know each other really goodly it's devastating, yeah so in other words it's, it makes it more devastating for you when you say you have to meet new friends because, it, in other words, you say it's devastating to you, Neve, to meet new friends because, and to if if correct me if I'm saying it wrong, but you mean it takes you a long time to develop friendships. Yeah, because yeah, because like I like I like people who have like well, it doesn't depend, but I like people people who have like the same thing in common with me because if they like if they speak Spanish a different way or like yeah if like if they have like different things like cause I'll have a toy that they won't like and we'll play with it and we'll try to play with it together and then she'll be like no I don't like that or no I don't or no I don't really play with that stuff okay, and, okay. And, and yeah like, so how are you doing now? How do you feel? How do you feel now? I mean, now getting used to it, I feel better. But now getting used to it, I feel better. But it's not. But it still doesn't change the fact. It still doesn't change the fact that I have to move on with different friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, my prayers that you, that God but, gives you shalom, which is that peace that that covers everything and makes you whole 
and let your parents and your grandparents and your family just keep being there for you and try to just I want to give you some insight. I want to try to give you some insight. Try to just think of positive and think of all the good things because one thing about it, you can't change what happened. And I know it's tough on you, so I just want to give you a little bit of advice in closing. Try to think of the positive. Don't just focus on the negative all the time. Stop get because I stopped getting pushed around and I stop and I stopped being the only one and I stopped being the only one who doesn't really look different or and that you're talking about at school. So that are you saying that's the good part of COVID nineteen because you mm-hmm. stopped getting pushed around and mm-hmm. stopped being the the, the only, only the only one who stops getting like who stops getting like in trouble because I didn't even do anything and because okay. I didn't even do anything and that's okay. my story okay. well listening to your story actually is more devastating in my opinion than mine because coming from a child that's growing up you're still growing up so therefore you do need to know who's your real friends and who isn't your real friends as in like as my story I found out who weren't really my real friends from my last school my previous school from Texas and you find a lot when you're not around them because they can't fake and shake for that long when they're in front of you it's it's super easy but like when they're not around you they slip up and they talk about you to somebody who really cares about you and I just think that that's actually amazing so you won't go back to school and be like hey bestie when they're really talking behind your back so like how did you feel like, you so you do you feel good now i feel so much better like i i actually stopped thinking about it yeah i stopped thinking about it and i just let it go so now i'm having a good time now i'm having a good time spending time with my family having to not wake up to not have not waking up and just like rushing off to school and so, and just spend more time with my family cuz granny brought me around more and she just changed my life <laughs> mm-hmm. okay we're going to wrap it up i want to stand to 10 minutes but we went over just a little bit and i really want to thank you guys for listening and have a great day we'll do episode 4 uh, in season this is still season one this is episode three we'll have episode four coming soon thank you remember to stay safe during this pandemic stay inside make sure you have loads of hand sanitizer and make sure to wash your hands for 20 seconds at least thank you bye bye Hello. Hey, Sean, you back? Yeah, I'm back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's okay. Welcome to Twyla Ellis Trophy of Grace podcast. I want to welcome Siobhan. I want to this is a this is a good friend, dear friend. We used to work together, and he's one of the most highly 
intelligent and you know some people say common sense is not so common but this guy right here he is the epitome of common sense and intelligence and compassion for a young brother young man that i've seen in a while and it's sad that i that i say that like i haven't seen uh, brothers in that capacity but I just want to acknowledge him and just and has a wonderful family that he's faithful to and so mature with. And I just want to thank you, Siobhan, for taking time out of your day. I know you're busy uh, with everything that's going on. I know you have a busy schedule, but just if you could just kind of talk to us about it from a male, a black man's perspective, I really want to talk to you because it's because I'm just sad actually about the race wars that's going on in the midst of a pandemic in the midst of uh, everything just the, the the life that we once knew is 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 dead it's like the whole world is grieving the life that we once knew and then a lot of people are grieving physically the death of loved ones so it's just the air atmosphere is just filled with trauma and i i just was so excited to just hear your perspective on that uh, well so- uh, probably, you know, we always talk about when we work together. And for me, right. I, always, I always fall back when I think at this time, I always think about the Smokey Robinson song. Not Smokey, Sam Cooke, I'm sorry. Change uh-huh. come. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah. The, the, yeah. there was things that most folks in previous generations said they, they thought they would never see. They thought they would never see an African-American mm. president. We got one of those. So... I think the world is starting to change. I think for, for, from my perspective, it's always, you know what? Keep your foot planted on the ground and keep your, keep your eyes looking up. And everything else, everything else will sort itself out. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. If you didn't have anxiety, you have it now because you just don't know what to touch. You don't know right. what you can eat, where to go. And then to put the police aspect of it, you know, that's has always consistently been the same for decades. That has right. never changed. The only thing that has changed now is that everybody can see it on their phones everywhere. Before it was, if you wasn't sitting in front of the TV to catch the Channel 4, Channel 11, Channel 8 news, you missed it. You had to hear about it. Now that you're, these things are happening so quick, you're getting posted on social media and other platforms folks can comment on. And to me, it's like before, because of all of this stuff, the world has been shrinking consistently probably since the early 2000s. Folks got cell phones now. You're getting information differently. Folks are downloading information differently. Folks are more informed of what's going around, going on around them. Now you run across some folks that are not informed because they choose not to be. Right. Those are the folks you can't influence. Those are the folks you cannot dwell on. You fix it on the folks that's in the race that you're in for change, and that's all. That's all you can do. I mean, some folks want things to stay status quo status doesn't change it has to change if we don't change we're destined to repeat continue to keep repeating things and I always look at it while we're fighting amongst ourselves Hmm. America's enemies are sitting sitting back and taking notes we know exactly what card to play we know exactly what card to pull we pull police, police brutality they're going to tear the city up. We can come in and take over. You can't police somebody else's house until you fix your own. Right. Right. And to me, now, this is this this is where you can actually say, 
us Americans are actually attempting to fix our own household. We can't police the world unless we write. We can't tell somebody else not to commit genocide if we're doing it on, on our end at a smaller scale, consistently. And then making excuses for it. That is so true. You hit the nail on the head with that one. You know, and like you said, we used to talk a lot at work and we would always go back. The way I reason I enjoyed the conversations, the number one reason was that you and I would, we both had the mindset that the, the word of God is the final authority. Yep. And we, we, we would see things, you know, from a different perspective, but I like how you always respected my point of view as an older mother figure. And I respected your point of view just because you're younger than I am and uh, my son's age. Or that that's nothing. You you were you have a lot to bring to the table from a perspective, and that's why that's another reason. Like I said earlier, I wanted you on this podcast to just give some refreshing insight from that perspective because you are wise beyond your age. I always told you that. Yes, ma'am. And and I just thank you for that. How do you feel? And um. Cause I'm not gonna hold you long, like, like I told you. But how is this affecting? You know, you just said how the, the foundation that you're standing on, but you know, just from a practical, realistic standpoint of getting up and driving to work, and the in, the intensity that I'm sure you've always felt as a black man yeah. when it comes to the police stuff. I mean. How do you deal with that? What what advice would you give a young black man in that retrospect? Retrospect, I mean, I always think because I was a kid that used to get in trouble a ton. So me run, me running into law enforcement at a young age, been there, done that. I got family in po- that's police as well. I know, and my dad didn't play. But for us, for folks that you know, you're trying to do right, stay on the straight and narrow. You can't feed into everything. You just got to know where to be and when not to be there. That's mm-hmm. all, that, for me, that's always been something that I've been gifted with. We all can sense when the, the, the climate doesn't change or the, the temperature in the room doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Those, when, when you get that inkling, okay, well, no, this vibe didn't change. Those two people walked in here. The vibe, yes. went, the vibe went from happy-go-lucky to standoffish and everybody was lurking and watching each other. That's what you mean. Right. It doesn't that's make, right. It, 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 it doesn't make me weak or soft anything like any anything negative for you to you know what this this not the this doesn't change it's time for me to leave leave yeah. that's your perspective you got you got you got the nods the other folks are peddling you don't have to participate in you don't have to right. choice so you, you just clear out and and just now with all the COVID 19 and all that i mean i would love to go play pool sit in the pool hall or go bowling and, and hang out with my buddies but it's just not safe and COVID-19 police, no matter what, whatever perspective that's going on, I always been able to, you know what, whatever whatever God put in you to let you know when it's time to leave, you need to tap back into that. Right. Because it is that. there. Right. Everyone, I, I totally agree. I believe that everyone can sense, unless they're completely desensitized to it, and and pushing away the voice that says don't go there don't touch that be quiet 
those voices. Yeah. Because we all hear voices. That's that's a that's a given. We all hear those voices. And your thoughts are not your own. They're either from God or the devil. So you hear those voices. And oh, yeah. people will tell you that. Even criminals, criminal-minded people, when they show them on the autobiographies, they'll say, yeah, I heard that voice. They they heard, they've opened themselves to demonic forces, but they even say, yeah, I did hear a voice say, don't go there today. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the, the love of God. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's good right there. That's good. Yeah, I'm a- well, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? I want to say uh, God bless you and your family, your children. Same to you. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming, Siobhan. Like I said, I wasn't going to hold you that long. And um, is there anything else you'd like to say in closing? Oh, well, yeah. I want to tell you thank you for inviting me to come on your podcast. It was, it was an honor. And you know what? We uh, we definitely miss you in this fashion. I know for sure I miss you. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I got a chance to tell you. Uh, there's a third addition to my family. My son is ah! still here. Why? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I'm going to send you a picture. Yeah, please do. Please. Yeah, and tell your good. wife we're going to meet one day. Her, you, me, and my husband, we're going to meet. Oh, well, yeah, most definitely. When all this is over with, okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Yvonne. You have a blessed day, a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Talking to this man on the bus, and he said, he said, man, I think we're coming. This is the end of the world is coming. And I said to him, I said, well, well, I was kind of figuring, thinking that he was talking about fire was going to come out the ground and all that stuff and God was going to come destroy the world and all that. That's what his mentality was when he said that the end of the world is coming. I said, well, you know, the, the world and the earth is not the same. And he looked at me kind of surprised. Like, what? I said, yeah, I said, the world and the earth is not the same. I said, you right, the end of the world is coming. And I said, the end of the world system of operation is changing. It's coming to an end. The way this world system has been governing people and racism and white supremacy and control of an oppression of a, a group, certain group. It's coming to an end. That's changing. And I said, you know, and he was like, oh, man, you know. He said, it's good to get an understanding, you know. And I was like, yeah. I said, you know, I said, this is not about <laughs> uh, the color of the skin. I said, this is about two kingdoms influencing the earth through a certain type of operation, operational system, which is what you say when you say your prayers. When you say, our Father who are in heaven, I said, God is a spirit. And I told him, I said, the devil is a spirit. I said, you remember 
when uh, God told Adam, he said, don't eat from the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I say it's the knowledge of the, the kingdoms or the world systems or operation is what we learning. I said the knowledge of sin is a system of op world operation in that kingdom of darkness. I said that's the structure of that world system that the devil used to bring the nature of that kingdom manifested through people who learn that knowledge and that's the way of the system of that world i said and god told adam he said do not touch or eat from the tree of knowledge and of good and evil so it's like when you allow the influence of the world knowledge of sin to enter in you, then that nature, that sinful, disobedient, hateful, killing nature going to show up in the earth realm. That's the world system of sin and death. The brain, that's what sin does. It brings death, separation, division, hatred, everything that opposes God. And God left two commandments. He said it's many of them, but it's two that dominates and control all everything he ever said. It's, it's words that God hold highly supreme over uh, everything he said. When he said, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those words that came out of God's mouth is the highest and the most powerful of everything God have ever said. So when you violate those two, <laughs> you're, you're being influenced by the fallen angel whose name used to be Lucifer is now Satan. You know, he had many other names or, or the devil. Well, devil, you see the, the word evil in it. So the knowledge of the devil, which is evil, knowledge of the system, the world system of operation, which is racism. Racism is a spirit of division to, to have one group to hate another group which is violating the first and the second commandment, which is the ultimate thing the devil want to do. Amen. And so when you obey the first and second commandment, that's the knowledge that's good. That's the good knowledge of the system of the kingdom of God. That's when you say, Our Father, who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name, holy is your name, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what you're saying, you're telling him, you let his nature come from where he is in a holy place 
influence the earth and be show and show up, which is you're gonna love him with all your being. And when you do that, you're gonna love your neighbor. You're gonna love the next man next to you. By default. Automatic. That's gonna be the that's gonna be a love, and that environment is gonna create unity. So now, what you're seeing is God and the devil going at it. It ain't got nothing to do with people. Ain't nobody going to stop the will of God from being done. I don't care what position you hold in this earth. If you oppose the power of God, you will be moved out of the way by God. And I don't care who you think you are, if you believe or don't believe, God's will don't be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And the, the, the word of God clearly states, he said, the whole world is groaning and, and waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God, for the sons of God. So that's saying that God is going to be influencing of people who understand and loving him with all they being is going to allow him to show his love to other people and manifest his nature in the earth and it's the holy nature of the holy spirit of god and that's that's his job to influence and impact that's what you say in your prayer the more you say that prayer is the more powerful the will of God is going to be manifested in the earth. And it's, it's God versus the devil. It ain't people versus people. We, we didn't even ask to come here. We didn't even create ourselves. We don't have nothing to do with what's going on. <laughs> We're just people who have the ability to choose what God has already established. Either you... You choose one or you choose the other, but you ain't creating one or the other. You didn't you're not the creator of one or the other. You you didn't you didn't have nothing to do with not one jot, not one letter, one alphabet, or you know I mean, we don't have <laughs> that much power of a, or authority. We just have the ability to choose, not create. Or mm. stop. <laughs> Amen. So Amen. yeah. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much for being a yeah. part of Twyla Ellis Podcast, Trophy of Grace. Thank you so much, and I will have you back soon. This has really blessed me. Thank you so much. And so, you know, that just, you know, but that's hard to do. Like, when you don't, when you, you're not truly trusting in the Lord, it's hard to do because you got your own insecurities in your own negative way of thinking about certain stuff and way of doing things that's natural that God has to deal with and if you're not submitting your works to him and everything you do then he can't establish your thoughts in those negative areas to to not allow them to affect your your judgment when you're in that relationship with that person Right. Well, like you said before, what did you say before in reference to a holy matrimony and working things out? 
because I got the first part and it was just so powerful. So, Mr. Ellis, can you please expound and just give me a little bit more detail on that? I bre- I have about 10 minutes left on my podcast. And I just feel like what you just said earlier, because I don't know, I didn't catch it all, can just bless so many. The listeners want to know. I was just talking about the holy matrimony. It, it involves a relationship with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. You have to submit your ways to him so he can allow you allow his love to flow through you to your spouse and vice versa. So he can establish your thoughts on how to allow his love to cultivate in both of y'all to make y'all marriage work in unity. And what did you say about when people come together, how God wants us to help each other grow? Is that how you say it? Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, you got two different people that don't know each other, that's trying to get to know each other and decide to love one another and come together in marriage. You're still going to have differences. Well, you got to allow the, the Lord to love. You got to allow the Lord to, when you submit your way, your works to him, those rough edges that the other person don't know, the Lord know them. So he's going to yeah. cultivate through your relationship and submission to him to help To help that other person, your spouse, where they weak at, you're going to help them. You're going to build them up. But it's really going to be yeah. the Lord building them up through you. Right. And vice versa. So y'all won't be turning each other down because mm. of disagreement. But since y'all don't submit y'all works to the Lord, he can work out the negative insecurities and disagreements that y'all have that causes friction in a relationship. With God involved, he can help each one of y'all turn that into a positive and y'all will build each other up. Wow. And, and, and holy matrimony and unity. And it'll, it'll benefit and y'all will stay together. It won't, be, it won't be y'all giving up on each other. But normally when that type of stuff happens, it's, it's the people doing it, trying to do it on their own. Right. And they, they natural way get in the way and and then you see a lot of fighting and separation and divorce and stuff because they trying to do it. Right. And, you know, you can confess the Lord all you want to, but actually submitting, mm. you actually submitting your works to the Lord is different from acknowledging him. Right. <clears throat> you know, you can acknowledge all, all day long, mm-hmm. but your, your thoughts, is the one that needs to be established and only through ex- submitting your works to him. And your works I ain't talking about just going to going to work like on a job. I'm talking about the internal works mm. of your mental and physical and spiritual emotions. You got to submit them to the Lord. Then he establish you, your thoughts. And then you can appreciate the benefits of his leading and his guidance. Great. I really appreciate you having on my, having you on my podcast today and I look forward to you coming back. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Trophy of Grace. Have a blessed day. And in the, in the room, and the Lord put him in my my heart that to write two books. The first one was Lamb, Goats, and Rams, and I was just listening, and there was in in relationship to sacrifice, and he was just talking about. You know, the physical uh, lamb, goats, and ram that they sacrificed to him back in the Old Testament and how he had it set up, you know, and how important it was that the lamb, goats, and ram has had to be absolute perfect with no spot or blemish they couldn't have no defects well I was just listening and he was saying that was the physical external sacrifices that he had uh, humanity to offer up so they can connect with him in the spiritual part so he can have access to to be able to have activity done down here on the earth. So I was just like, okay. So the sacrifice part is, is very important. And the process of sacrifice is just not, you kill an animal, shed his blood and burn him on the altar. That's not just, all it is you got steps you got you have processes before you even be able to offer up a sacrifice the stuff need to be done need to be clean need certain stuff need to be cut away you know it's just like a, a, a process it's actually like they do pretty much when they actually kill a a cow or or something and they take them to the meat processing place plant they have to do a lot of steps in order to process that meat where it was the same type of setup but they didn't have no meat processing plants back then they just knew exactly how to cut the animal and separate the bones and the hair and the fat and you know all those things from the animal and drain the blood and and where to take the the fat and the skin and the, the eyes and the head all of that stuff had had to be dealt with a certain way it couldn't just be throw the animal on the on the altar and burn it that wasn't the type of uh way things were done so in relationship to us as people who don't kill goat, lamb, goats, and rams, uh, we have to present ourselves as living sacrifice. Most, all of those sacrifices back then, they were dead. They weren't moving. Well, you know, all of us, we are sacrifices. We have to present ourselves as living sacrifices as well.
So I'm fast forwarding now. I'm kind of about to go to a place that jumps to a different uh, area. You remember the word of the Lord said obedience is better than sacrifice. Okay. Now the next book he was he wrote is the sacrifice of obedience. The sacrifice of obedience. So if obedience is better than you sacrifice, and he's saying obedience and it's an internal sacrificial process that you submit yourself to willingly to the Lord that that that's described in Romans 12 1 and 2 so he talks about that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind present our body as living sacrifice holy and devoted consecrated the consecrated part is a mysterious part. It's not external, it's internal. It's an internal sacrifice of obedience. Your, your conscience, your subconscious has to be willing and you have to want it Submit yourself to the Lord. You and I and everyone else, this is an internal sacrifice that we actually does give ourselves to the Lord internally. And submission, surrenderance to him through obedience. And that is not easy. And that's where the issues lies. Once that's done, then the outer sacrifices can be done. But now, religion has reversed it. People go out and do things to seem like they worshiping God and sacrificing their life to God in such a way by, you know, feeding the poor, setting up all these organizations and things like that, looking like they actually obeying God, but internally they have not went through this, this obedient sacrificial process that the Holy Spirit that's required for the Holy Spirit to be able to come through and manifest himself with it because it's not easy. It's not religious. It's not a religious thing. It's not a religious act. And that's why in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 22, the Lord said, those group of people said, he said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, don't enter. Enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, Jesus said, I'm the way the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father except through me. This through is the door, the entry part of submitting yourself to Christ 
so you can be clean and become one with the Holy Spirit through sacrificing yourself, presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, holy. That was the first holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent, spiritual service, worship service. That's, that's that whole process. And that's the renewing of the mind, renewing of your feelings, renewing of your emotions, renewing of everything that's not seen that motivates you to move so it can be seen in the earth ring. It's amazing. The second book is Sacrifice of Obedience. And those two books that he dropped inside of me, and you know, you know, <laughs> when the Lord telling me to write a book, I'm like, oh, Lord. But these two was dropped really strong this morning, and I was like, wow, man. So, and what I'm saying to you now, I'm going to have to be able to bring it in simpler form and put the scriptures with it in the Old Testament and the New. Like, you know, I was doing the, it's more, but, you know, in the process of sacrifice. And it's amazing. It really, it, it just blessed my heart today. I was like, okay, well, you know, that's going to be an issue with a lot of us. Actually, that's the issue with all of us now. Because the body <laughs> has its own appetites. The physical lust of the flesh has its own way of doing things. And they're natural. And they're driven through the, the sin nature. That comes from thinking, feeling, and actually uh, doing stuff in the physical. All that stuff has to be dealt with. Completely dealt with. <laughs> Ain't nowhere around that. But, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals to our spirit. You know, the scriptures, the word of God said, God has made us kings and priests unto our God. You know, our priests, <laughs> Christ is the high priest. He's going to teach us how to present ourselves as sacrifices to God. And that by him being the high priest, the high priest is the only one going to the holies of holies. And that's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No man come or no spirit come to the Father of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Father, the Holy Father. No spirit can come in the presence of the Holy Father except through me. Hallelujah. That's why he said that. It ain't got nothing to do with uh, forgive you for your sin, and get baptized, and, and sing shouts and praise and all that. That's little stuff. That, and actually, if you not if you haven't been washed 
through the washing of the water of the word of God, which is God himself and becoming one with him, yeah. your sacrifice, your screaming and hollering, your clapping and the dancing, he ain't accepting it because it ain't holy. It ain't clean. And, and that's that's amazing how, and it's, it's, it's saddening too, if you actually think about all the people that diligently go to churches and sing and praise and they ain't been sanctified and clean and washed on the inside. And they think and they clapping and they shouting and they running and they turning flips and all the extravagant, beautiful things that they do, God ain't accepting it. Not one, because it ain't holy. And, and wow. I mean, can you imagine so many people doing these things and God is rejecting every sacrifice of praise come out their mouth. Wow. But that's something. I really can't imagine. <laughs> I really can't imagine, but I know his word is true. And in, and in closing, can you just tell the listeners and leave them with one thing that would kind of sum up what is being put on your heart. And then as we continue with the podcast, we will allow everyone and give information on when your books come out or if you do journals or whatever the Lord puts on your heart to publish. We will keep the listeners updated on that as well. But in closing and wrapping it up, What's one thing that would kind of sum up everything that you said that a, someone that's listening today could just hold on to? Well, the Holy Spirit is your helper. That's, and he's never going to leave or forsake you. And if you just continually trust in him with all your, your being and lean not on your own understanding, don't try to use the understanding of the knowledge of the system of the world, but just acknowledge him. And everything you do, he'll direct you through the whole cleansing and sacrifice of obedience uh, process. I mean, it's just a, it's just you confessing your sins before him. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. That's what it all boils down on. You acknowledging where you're weak so he can show you. And help you along the way and cleanse you and deliver you from the spirit of darkness that's on the inside. And there ain't number good things after that. Well, thank you, Mr. Ellis, and I look forward to having you back. This is Twyla Ellis on Trophy of Grace. Thank you for listening today.